Welcome to my mommy's podcast. This episode is sponsored by Four Sigmatic. You've heard me talk about Four Sigmatic before because I love their coffees, teas, and hot chocolates. Now you can get 15% off any order with the code WellnessMama. But these are not ordinary drinks. They're delicious combinations of coffee, cocoa, and adaptogenic herbs, now with the benefits of chaga, cordyceps, and lion's mane for an extra brain boost and clean energy. My longtime favorite is their instant coffee with the benefits of these mushrooms, but lately I've also really been enjoying their caffeine-free blends. Try out all of these delicious drinks at foursigmatic.com forward slash wellnessmama. That's F-O-U-R-S-I-G-M-A-T-I-C.com forward slash wellnessmama. And make sure to use the code wellnessmama to get 15% off your order. This episode is also brought to you by Primal Kitchen. It's founded by my friend Mark Sisson of Mark's Daily Apple. The Primal Kitchen is now my source for some of my favorite kitchen staples. So if you haven't tried their delicious avocado oil mayo, including their chipotle mayo, you're seriously missing out. I have made my own mayo for years and years because there were never any good options to buy that didn't have vegetable oils in them. And now there are. Primal Kitchen has completely changed that with their products. They also have some delicious pre-made salad dressings, and we use their products all the time. You can check them out at primalblueprint.com. And if you use the code wellnessmama, you get 10% off any order. Hello, and welcome to the Healthy Moms Podcast. I'm Katie from wellnessmama.com, and I am here today with a much-requested guest. Wendy Myers is the founder of live210.com, as well as mineralpower.com, and she's a detox specialist and functional diagnostic nutritionist, as well as the best-selling author of Limitless Energy, How to Detox Toxic Metals and End Exhaustion and Chronic Fatigue. And she specializes in using hair mineral analysis and other functional medicine tests to design custom detox programs um, for people dealing with heavy metals and she also has a podcast as well if you guys want to listen to it it's the live to 110 podcast but welcome wendy thanks for being here thank you so much for having me i'm excited to jump in because i get a lot of questions from people about heavy metals and i don't hopefully have any firsthand experience with it after reading your info i think i'm going to get a hair mineral test as well but um, i can't wait to jump in and talk about it because i feel like detox is kind of a controversial word in the health world in that there's a lot of different meanings and you have people on one side saying that the body naturally detoxes and you shouldn't ever do a detox and then you have others doing some kind of cleanse every other week and I think you have a very balanced and valuable perspective. So um, when it comes to detox, like what are some of the specific toxicities that you're seeing in your work? Well, you know, statistically, everyone has mercury, lead and aluminum And many other people also have other toxicities like thallium. That's a gasoline additive. Uh, A lot of people are not really aware of it, even a lot of detox experts. And uh, we also see a lot of um, things like bismuth from makeup, like even natural makeups. And uh, a lot of other different metals like cadmium is really common in, in fish and shellfish and coffees and it's and a lot of these metals are in the air that we breathe and the food and in the water and so it's one of those things where they're impossible to avoid and i think they they really do enter our bodies at a much faster rate than our bodies are capable of removing them so i'm definitely not uh, a believer at all that our bodies detox just fine on their own. There are certainly people that have those Olympic livers that, you know, they can drink and smoke until they're a hundred years old and, you know, be relatively healthy, I guess. And those are the people that maybe don't need to do a detox, but chances are that's not you. 
and that people do have compromised liver function, the compromised ability genetically to detox and have a lot of other mitigating factors that cause them to accumulate, to accumulate toxic metals and chemicals that require them to take a more aggressive approach to detoxification. Yeah, that makes sense. And we're definitely, from what I understand, exposed to these things at higher levels than we would have been in the past as well. But um, before we get too deep into it, I want to come back to that. But I want to hear your story first, because I think that's always uh, helpful to people to understand where someone's coming from and you, your experience with this. So um, let's go back to the beginning and tell us how kind of you got into health to begin with. And I'd also love to hear the background behind the live to 110 and if you plan to live to be 110 yourself. Yes, I do. <laughs> I'm trying. I'm going to do that or die trying. <laughs> Um, but basically, you know, I, I got into, into health and detoxification when I was planning my pregnancy and I started reading all the baby books and super baby and things like that. And they talked about how you've got to clean up your environment. And I had never really thought about the toxic chemicals I was using to clean my home. I hadn't really thought about the, the chemicals and the shampoos I was using that you don't want to put on baby skin and just all the, all the things that, you know, the ways that you want to detox your home when you're preparing to have a baby come into your home. And so that really lit a fire inside me to just clean up my entire home and, and my, my eating habits and making organic food for my baby and all that stuff. But, uh, after my child was born, uh, my father was diagnosed with esophageal cancer, um, just a few months after my daughter was born. And then I started really delving into the research about the underlying causes of cancer. And I kept coming upon metals and chemicals, our toxic environment, and was really trying to help my father. But unfortunately, he passed away from the effects of his cancer treatments. And uh, that just really angered me. And it really lit a fire in me. And I decided to take my hobby, which was learning about health and trying to help my health all day long and reading about it and turn it into a profession. And I immediately went to nutrition school and I started my website, live to 110.com to help other, you know, educate other people about detoxing their body and, you know, preventing cancer and, you know, preventing kind of what I went through uh, with my own family. I'm sorry to hear about your dad, but I feel like that kind of is a common theme that those of us who get into health, we get into it for a reason related. It's close to the heart, whether it's something of our own or someone in the family. Um, but I'm sorry you had to go through that. So to go back to the detox. So are we seeing these problems more than we ever have, or are we just diagnosing them better? Or um, like, especially when it comes to heavy metals, are we being exposed in larger amounts these days than perhaps our grandparents were? Absolutely. You know, every year there are thousands of more chemicals being unleashed into the environment without any kind of safety testing whatsoever. And because of industry and, you know, you see all these mining operations all over the world, well, they're digging up metals to put into our, you know, microphone we're using for this podcast and in our computers and our cell phones, all these things have metals in them. So all these metals are being dredged up by industry or, Chemicals and metals are being released into the environment from coal burning, fossil fuels, and the smokestacks and um, all different types of industry, and then, you know, released into our waters and that waters and watering our foods. So we absolutely are uh, being exposed to far more toxins than we were, our, our grandparents were, you know, 50 years ago. And, and 
Definitely, I, I believe that toxic metals are a primary driver of disease today. We're seeing, you know, health issues and diseases we didn't see 30 years ago. And it's because of the, you know, increasing introduction of these toxins into our environment. Yeah. And so what do you feel like are the kind of the worst offenders when it comes to heavy metals? I feel like most people have an understanding, at least a passing understanding about mercury and lead. Um, and those get a decent amount of press time, but there's a whole lot more that you've written about. Um, are those two the more serious ones? Um, and is that why we hear more about them? Or are there others that are just not as well known that are equally problematic? Yeah, well, mercury is the most common metal toxicity, which is why we, we hear about it so much. But cadmium is really one of the worst offenders because cadmium causes more cancers than all of the other metals combined. So that one is really problematic and one of the reasons why we see higher cancer rates today. And, and that's why, you know, smokers get cancer. It's because of the cadmium that they're getting uh, in the cigarettes. And they're getting lots of other metals and chemicals. There's about 4,000 of them that have been documented, but it's really the cadmium. And so cadmium is found in our, our fish, our migratory fish. It's found in shellfish. It's released into the air from fossil fuel burning. So it's not just mercury that's released into the air, it's the cadmium. And then when all that fossil fuel burning is released into the air, that settles into our oceans. And that's how the mercury and cadmium are getting into our fish, into our tuna, into those large migratory fish and into our shellfish. So it's not just mercury that's in fish, it's cadmium also. And we can also get it from coffee, you know, depending on the cadmium levels in which the soil or in which the coffee was grown. Um, so that can be a problem. And cadmium is found in a lot of different things. I have a toxic metals sources and symptoms guide on my site that I've been compiling in years of research. So you can get all the sources and some of the symptoms of all, all the metals. And uh, another problematic metal is thallium that I mentioned earlier. It's a gasoline additive. So why are we adding thallium to gasoline? Well, it's the exact same reason we used to add lead to the gasoline, and now we have unleaded gasoline. There was one guy that single-handedly got lead removed out of gas because it causes so many neurological symptoms and neurological damage. And it it's added because it makes the car engines last longer. It, it prevents knocking in car engines, which is great for the car manufacturers, not so good for us. So in the absence of lead, the car manufacturers had to add something and to, you know, continue to help the car engines run smoother. So now they add thallium. It's kind of like that BPA BPS conundrum where they remove BPA from products and they say, oh, they're BPA free, but then they add BPS, which can be 20 times more toxic than BPA. So um, they have to add something that is a, hard, a plastic hardener. And so then now they add something different that's more toxic. And so the same thing happens with lead to thallium. So this thallium is added to the gasoline and it's 10 times more toxic than mercury. And it's actually used in assassination attempts in Russia <laughs> um, because it actually successfully kills people and can go undetected. And it, it basically prevents parts of our brain from communicating with each other, prevents nutrient absorption in our gut. And it's definitely a huge factor in chronic fatigue today um, because it poison enzymes that transport nutrients into our mitochondria, which make our body's energy. So it really dramatically reduces our body's ability to make energy. And it's why, you know, Starbucks makes billions and billions of dollars because we're breathing all this stuff in and getting in the air and water. And a lot of these different metals are making us really tired. 
Yeah, that was the first thing that came to mind when you said that about the additives and the gasoline. I was thinking it's just like the BPA. And I feel like that's a good rule of thumb in most aspects of health. Like when fat was the demon, they replaced the fat. But now fat-free, they replaced it with things that are so much worse. And they replaced the BPA with the BPS, which is so much worse. So those are like important things to be aware of when you see that in marketing for sure. And let's talk a little bit more about the energy side because you mentioned that. And of course, your book addresses how metals deplete your energy and you mentioned the mitochondria but can we go a little bit deeper with that to help people understand because I don't think that maybe is the first of mind if someone's having chronic fatigue or just is exhausted they don't often at least I wouldn't think to think that maybe I have heavy metal toxicity so um, what is that connection and how can a person know if they have heavy metal toxicity? Yes. Well, you basically assume that you have metal toxicity. I mean, it's completely unavoidable in our environment. And one thing that I, you know, really, you know, ask of people is to, uh, you know, just think about it for a second. You know, it's like if you are like, like myself, I looked at, you know, when I was about 37 years old, I was eating really healthy. I was taking amazing supplements. I was exercising regularly. I was trying to sleep. I was, I was just having trouble. And I was doing all these things to take care of my health. I was eating organic food, shopping the farmer's market, farmer's market making all my own food. And I still didn't feel good. And I thought, what exactly is it that I have to do to feel good? <laughs> I thought I was working really, really hard. And what I finally realized in, in my research was that toxins really were, a, a, you know, what were weighing me down and what were preventing me from weight loss, what they were causing my brain fog that I was having, uh, they were causing my reduced energy levels, and really some other problems that I was having, low thyroid function, et cetera. And for me, I realized that that detox aspect was that last piece of the puzzle that I was missing. And so uh, unfortunately today, everyone does have metals and you really have to you know, think about adding detoxification to your health regimen and just kind of as a lifestyle. Um, it's not something that you're going to do for maybe like a year and be in the clear. You know, we spent decades breathing in these metals and chemicals and, you know, showering in water that might have metals in it and eating foods that can have metals. And so it's really unavoidable. Um, but that sounds really depressing, you know, but I don't want to be a Debbie Downer and be depressing everyone. It's just a fact of modern life. And there are a lot of different things that you can do, supplements you can take and protocols you can do to add to your health regimen so that you can remove these metals slowly and safely from your body. Okay, so let's, can we delve into some of those methods? I know you have posts on these on your website and I'll link to those, but um, I think there is a perception that it's somewhat dangerous to detox heavy metals because in a sense you have to mobilize them in the body to get them out, at least from my understanding. So if a person wants to start detoxing the heavy metals, where do they start and how do they make sure they're doing it safely? Yes, well, you know, it's always good to start with testing to find out what exact metals that you have. And when I'm working with clients, you know, I, I start with a hair mineral analysis. That's a great way to, to get a basic understanding of what metals you have. It doesn't tell us the whole picture. So I usually want clients to do a urine and or a stool metals analysis. Different metals come out um, in different ways in the body. Some come out in the hair, some in the urine, some in the stool. And that'll give us a baseline of what metals you have and then give you supplements that are customized to what metals you have because different supplements, natural and synthetic ones, remove different substances from the body. And so each person needs to be kind of evaluated individually for their sensitivities to supplements, 
for their health conditions, their food sensitivities, and any kind of contraindications that we need to look at when recommending supplements to people. So it can get kind of in depth, um, but there's certainly uh, things that people can do on their own without having to work with a practitioner. You don't have to work with someone to start detoxing your body. Uh, there's a couple of supplements I really like to recommend to everyone, uh, which are Biosil and Pectisol C. Um, I'm not affiliated with those companies in, in any way. They just have spectacular products that I, I like to use with my clients. And the Biosil is something I talk in my book, Limitless Energy. It really helps to grab onto metals that cause fatigue, uh, like arsenic, aluminum, tin, and thallium, and even cesium that we get from tuna and fish. And uh, they remove those metals. It kind of mobilize uh, the silica and the biosil mobilizes those metals. And then you take something like pectisol C, which is a modified citrus pectin that will absorb and bind to all the metals that we're mobilizing. You don't want to take one without the other. Uh, one's a mobilizer, one's a binder. And the biosil, people take about you know five to ten drops of that, depending on what they tolerate. And with the pectisol C, you usually want to start with about five grams or one scoop or six capsules of it. You can double or even triple that if you like, if that, uh, if you find that you tolerate it really well. And that's a wonderful product for dramatically reducing detox symptoms or even completely eliminating them. I never recommend anyone do any kind of detox or even infrared sauna without taking some sort of binder like the pectisol C. That's an important point. How do you spell that for anyone listening? And I'll make sure I link to you. I know you've written about it as well, and I'll link to your book. But how do you spell that? Yeah, it's P-E-C-T-A-S-O-L dash C. It doesn't have any vitamin C in it. It just uh, it just have pectisol C in it. <laughs> Maybe for citrus. I don't know. Okay. And I think that's an important distinction because, like I mentioned earlier, there is there seems to be a perception when people hear the word detox that it's like a 14-day juice fast or they're doing the whole ultimate detox thing where they drink only lemon water and cayenne pepper. And I think that that's an important distinction with the work you do in that this is an ongoing process, but it's also gentle and you're working with the body. You're not doing any kind of extreme anything for long amounts of time. Um, I think that's an important thing to to keep in mind. And, and that's interesting that you said that about the saunas. So are saunas on their own um, helpful to the body in detoxing heavy metals? And is that why you would make sure to take a product like that while you're using a sauna? Absolutely. Saunas are so helpful for detoxification. I recommend them to all of my clients. But, you know, they do mobilize metals and chemicals from storage sites. They, they really facilitate the body's ability to detox. And um, it's one of those things where, you know, when you're mobilizing all these metals and chemicals, you need to take something to bind to them and to absorb them. A, a lot of people get sick from doing infrared saunas or they're really, really exhausted after doing saunas which is completely normal. Um, but cause you know, when you're detoxing, it takes a lot of energy. And so, you know, one thing that I, I work with clients is actually building up their energy level. So they have the energy to detox, which I, ironically you have to have energy to detox. So if you're getting tired after an infrared sauna, totally normal because your body has to process all of these toxins, but taking the pectisol C, which is a blood cleanser, it gets, it's not just a gut binder. A lot of binders just work in the gut. The pectisol C actually gets into your bloodstream and cleans metals and chemicals out of your bloodstream. And then you just urinate them out. Um, but I love infrared saunas. I typically recommend a, a far infrared sauna, like a sunlighten. And with mine, I also put in 
a near infrared LED panel. And that's very concentrated near infrared. And that also facilitates a different kind of detox. You get this full spectrum of near and far infrared rays. And I really believe that that's the best way to detox. So that, that's the best method of using an infrared sauna to detox. It's the best combo. Okay. And what do you recommend as far as people, if they're new to saunas, how should they start? Because I know it's tempting to want to stay in for a long time, but uh, I had that experience. I was like, great, I have a sauna. I'm going to stay in for you know an hour. That was not a good plan. So how do you recommend that people start slowly and what's a good process there? Yeah, I did the exact same thing. You know, you, when you pay for a sauna session, when you first start going, you want to, you know, maximize the amount of money you're spending and, you know, spend as much time in the sauna as possible. But if you are, uh, you know, you want to listen to your body. If you're feeling nauseated or lightheaded or you just don't feel well, probably you want to get out of the sauna and listen to your body. You'll know when enough is enough. Generally, it should generally it should feel good. Um, but some people can only if they're really, really sick, they can only tolerate maybe even five or 10 minutes in the sauna. And that's totally OK. You just want to slowly, very slowly work your way up, maybe adding a couple minutes every couple of weeks to your sauna sessions and, and build up over time. I usually don't stay in over 45 minutes, but I've been using saunas for about five, six years so I've graduated to to doing the 45 minutes. But overall, you just want to listen to your body because everyone's different. Okay. So you mentioned um, the supplements that you always recommend when someone is detoxing heavy metals. Can you give us a couple of like simple detox tips, other things people can start doing at home if maybe they do plan to detox more in depth eventually with someone like you or if they just want to slowly start to make sure they're not accumulating heavy metals? What are some things that people can do at home to help with energy especially? Yeah. So what I mentioned before, it's like the biosil is amazing. You guys can start taking that today. The mod, the modified citrus pectin, the pectisol C is fantastic to also start at home. There's another one I really like called coriander seed oil. Um, it's one of Ian Clark's products from activation products that I think is a wonderful way to detox metals like mercury, cadmium, lead, and nickel. And it's very gentle. It's all natural. It's a really nice fresh pressed seed oil that's you can take about, you know, one to two dropperfuls. Two dropperfuls is about one milliliter of that. That you can take at home. It's perfectly safe to take. I put some underneath my tongue and let it kind of absorb that way uh, for a minute or two. And then I swallow it. And some other really great things for detoxification are iodine. I really feel that most people need to take iodine. It's the second most common nutrient deficiency uh, on the planet. And I, I like Detoxidine by Global Healing Center, but Lugol's is also fine. A lot of people are, are taking that or they can get it locally. And that, you know, iodine is really important to detox mercury and lead and fluoride, chlorine, and bromine. A lot of people in the U.S. are showering in water that has added fluoride and chlorine. And iodine is one of the best ways to push those chemicals out of the body because they interfere in thyroid function. They compete with iodine uptake in the thyroid. And because your thyroid hormones are made of iodine, it interferes, those chemicals, they interfere in your body's ability to produce thyroid hormones, which is why thyroid hormones are one of the you know number one prescribed medications today. So iodine is fantastic for that. 
And glutathione, liposomal glutathione is fantastic. I really like a product by Research Nutritionals. It's, they have a watermelon-flavored glutathione, which is one of the best-tasting and most stable. Some of the glutathiones that are liposomal don't last but 30 days or so after you open them. So the Research Nutritionals is really nice. That's a good tip. I haven't tried that one. And I think one of the points you just brought up also highlights why it is so important to work with someone and to like take an individualized approach and test because like you said, iodine is usually awesome. And then there are the like random cases like me who I do terrible with iodine yeah, um, with mm-hmm. my thyroid condition, but I have a, a weird thyroid condition that most people don't have. So it's like, that's when the personalization comes in so much. But I know that people listening, I'm going to get the question over and over. What about if someone is pregnant or nursing? Because a lot of the audience are moms and a lot of them are probably in those phases of life. And typically, at least from doctors you hear, don't detox, don't try to detox anything when you're pregnant or nursing. Is that the rule of thumb or or are there safe ways to support the body during those times as well? Yeah. So it's kind of, you know, there's two schools of thought. I mean, your body is detoxing even when you're pregnant. You know, detoxing no matter what, your liver's working, trying to process chemicals and things like that. But general rule of thumb, you know, I, I recommend people wait until after they're done breastfeeding to start any kind of detoxification. I do recommend Pectisol C when pregnant because uh, the research does show that the metals that women and chemicals that women have in their body do cross the placenta and get into the fetus. And, you know, our bodies are born of, of our body's tissues and our bones and our bones have a lot of toxins in them like lead and things of that nature. And so children today are being born quite toxic as a result because of our toxic environment. And so taking Pectisol C is a completely benign substance. It's made from citrus peels. It's totally natural. And all it does is bind onto metals and chemicals and remove them from the body. I think that is a perfectly safe thing to take while pregnant or breastfeeding to remove these chemicals so they don't get into your fetus or into your breast milk and that it serves as a protective mechanism uh, for our child. Um, In an ideal, ideal world, I'd love for women to spend a year or two detoxing prior to getting pregnant. Um, I wish I had known that, you know, we don't all have the forethought or, or learn about this type of important information prior to getting pregnant, but that's, that's life. And, you know, but if, you know, awareness is great. If you have that awareness, it'd be great to do some pre-pregnancy planning and detox prior to getting pregnant. Yeah. I wish that I had known that as well before mine. And I know a lot of women in hindsight do, but I think that's a good point about the detoxing because like you said, the body is a process that is happening naturally. It's kind of like how women are not advised to try to lose weight when they're pregnant because when you mobilize fat tissue, there are things that are stored there. Um, But at the same time, you want to eat healthy when you're pregnant and you don't want to purposely eat junk food to not lose weight. So it's like that double-edged sword. And the right answer, like you said, is probably in the middle of supporting the body and making sure it's functioning well so things aren't crossing the placenta but not doing anything really severe while you're pregnant or nursing. Yeah. Yeah. You definitely want to play it safe and not do any major detox uh, while you're pregnant. There's plenty of time for that. You can do that after you're done breastfeeding and after you're pregnant. And and it's interesting when I was trying to lose my baby weight um, after I had my baby, that's where uh, that was kind of like a warning sign to me when I wasn't able to lose the baby weight. I, I was just doing everything. I was working out six to eight hours a week. I was eating this amazing diet and the weight just wasn't budging. And in hindsight, I realized that 
you know, because of the amount of toxins I had in my body, you know, the fat serves as a protective mechanism and your body won't let certain, uh, they won't let you release fat. It won't let you lose that fat because it's the, the body needs that because it's storing all those toxins and, and chemicals in your fat. And so a big part of helping to lose weight is, uh, you know, detoxing your body and, you know, removing, uh, all these metals and chemicals from your body. Yeah, exactly. A, a previous podcast guest I had on, Rob Wolf, he had a book called uh, Wired to Eat. And one of his big points is that when people hold on to weight, there's always a biological reason. And it doesn't mean that something's wrong with your body because your body's doing it to protect itself. It means actually that your body's doing what it's supposed to do. And you have to work backwards to figure out what that is and to help take that pressure off of your body rather than just trying to fight your body with more exercise and less food. If there's, like you said, like heavy metals or an underlying issue that exercise alone is not going to fix. Yeah. And arsenic is a big one. I realized for myself, um, I was very, very arsenic toxic and arsenic actually poison enzymes that transport fat out of your fat cells. It prevents, you know, the release of triglycerides from your fat cells. And I got arsenic from eating conventional chickens and conventional eggs. I used to think that El Pollo Loco was this big, you know, was really, really healthy. <laughs> I was doing myself a favor by eating that. And over many, many, many meals of this con conventional chicken, I made myself quite arsenic toxic. And arsenic is, you know, routinely fed to chickens around the world. Uh, it's, it's actually an antibiotic that the, the arsenic is in. So chickens are fed this antibiotic and it makes them grow about 50% faster. It makes the, the meat look really healthy and pink. And it's pretty much in most conventional chickens and eggs. So definitely want to avoid those to avoid our arsenic. Yeah, good tip. This episode is sponsored by Four Sigmatic. You've heard me talk about Four Sigmatic before because I love their coffees, teas, and hot chocolates. Now you can get 15% off any order with the code WellnessMama. But these are not ordinary drinks. They're delicious combinations of coffee, cocoa, and adaptogenic herbs, now with the benefits of chaga, cordyceps, and lion's mane for an extra brain boost and clean energy. My longtime favorite is their instant coffee with the benefits of these mushrooms, but lately I've also really been enjoying their caffeine-free blends. Try out all of these delicious drinks at foursigmatic.com forward slash wellnessmama. That's F-O-U-R-S-I-G-M-A-T-I-C.com forward slash wellnessmama. And make sure to use the code wellnessmama to get 15% off your order. This episode is also brought to you by Primal Kitchen. It's founded by my friend Mark Sisson of Mark's Daily Apple. The Primal Kitchen is now my source for some of my favorite kitchen staples. So if you haven't tried their delicious avocado oil mayo, including their chipotle mayo, you're seriously missing out. I have made my own mayo for years and years because there were never any good options to buy that didn't have vegetable oils in them. And now there are. Primal Kitchen has completely changed that with their products. They also have some delicious pre-made salad dressings and we use their products all the time. You can check them out at primalblueprint.com and if you use the code wellnessmama, you get 10% off any order. So I'm curious, what are when people come to you, you're doing a hair mineral analysis and you mentioned also the urine analysis, but what are the most common metals that you're seeing in people right now and where do you think the exposures are happening? Um, I ask specifically to be able to kind of avoid those, especially with our children. Um, like what should people be on the lookout for? Yeah, so mercury is the most common one. 
it's one of those things it's found in the air because of coal burning. Uh, we definitely get that in the air. Uh, we also get it in fish. So that's why, you know, when you're pregnant, you definitely want to avoid the large migratory fish, but the little fish are okay. Like, you know, anchovies and sardines and things, kind of the little gross fish people don't want to eat. <laughs> Typically I love them. Um, uh, some people have, they have to develop a taste for it. Um, but, um, mercury doesn't have a chance to accumulate in those fish. They don't live long enough to accumulate much mercury there. And uh, the mercury is also found in mercury amalgam fillings. So definitely want to have those removed. Um, if you have a mouthful of mercury fillings, those are not doing you any favors for your health. They also typically have nickel, aluminum, and other metals and silver, which kills gut bacteria in them. Um, mercury is found in fish and shellfish. Uh, in some vaccines, not as, as prevalent now in vaccines, uh, but it certainly was in the, fat, in the past. In the flu vaccine that you get at hospitals, the, the large community vials, those will still have mercury and thimerosal in them. Um, today, the bigger threat with vaccines is aluminum, very, very toxic forms of aluminum in vaccines. My daughter was incredibly aluminum toxic because uh, I, I wasn't very aware at the time, but I, I did give her about 10 vaccinations before I stopped. And she detoxed more aluminum than any client I've ever seen. Um, so they, they do have very high in aluminum. And um, mercury, you're also going to get that in um, cosmetics and just can be in the air, food, and water. And another very common toxicity is aluminum. Aluminum can be found in underarm deodorant. So we're, a lot of people listening and they're slathering their underarms with antiperspirant that contains aluminum. So any deodorant you get at the grocery store or department store or what have you is going to have aluminum in it. So you want to get a natural one um, or a homemade one that doesn't have aluminum. And uh, teas actually, uh, mint and peppermint teas can be quite high in aluminum as well. For anyone listening that's maybe having two or three cups of tea every day, may not want to be doing that if it's mint and peppermint. Aluminum foil, aluminum cookware can be really problematic. And aluminum is also used as an anti-caking agent in flour, baking powders, and table salt. So that can be a problem. Of course, aluminum tin cans, if you're drinking sodas from aluminum cans or beer, things like that. Probably your listeners not not doing much of that, <laughs> hopefully. Um, but, you know, we all have our little things. We all pick our poison of things that we uh, are little toxins that we like. Um, so aluminum cans, definitely a big problem. Um, arsenic, like I mentioned, is, is very, very common toxicity. We get arsenic in water. Uh, people can, if they're drinking filtered water, they can get arsenic in their shower water. And you also get it in the conventional chickens and eggs, but also rice. Rice, uh, especially the brown rice, the husk or the, the germ, the wheat germ, or not the wheat germ, but just the germ of the rice uh, contains, that's where the toxins are. So I never recommend the brown rice. Typically I'll recommend white rice. And the amount of arsenic or toxins in any rice or grain depends upon the soil in which it's grown. So our, our, you know, rice grown in the South United States will typically have more arsenic than say a rice grown in California. So just kind of know your source. Lots of articles on the internet about arsenic and rice. Consumers Report did a great study that you can look at. Uh, I think the, um, the basmati rice is typically the safest, the white basmati. 
And there's many, many other metals that we can go into, but those are really the most common. Lead is one as well. That's just from the leaded gasoline fumes that we breathe in uh, for many, many years. So if someone comes to you and they have um, maybe say like, let's just tackle a couple of the big ones like mercury and arsenic, um, what kind of a protocol is required to detox something like this? Of course, obviously to preface, anyone should work with someone qualified to do this, but I'm just curious as far as the process, because I want to get the testing myself and I'm curious what that kind of process looks like if you do have heavy metals. Yeah, I'd be happy to do all of your tests if you'd like. Um, It's really interesting. You know, it's, I think people can be very surprised uh, by the results, just like I was when I first started my test. It was like this big aha moment where I'm like, okay, this is where that symptom is coming from. And it it was a big piece of the puzzle for me that I've been searching for for a while. But when it comes to, you know, developing a supplement protocol, you, there are general supplements that I give to almost all my clients because they're shown in the research to detox people really well. And so I definitely will give everyone Biosil, everyone Pectisol C. Uh, I give everyone coriander seed oil, which is just the seed of the cilantro plant. That's all it is. The detox magic is in the seed. And there's other things I give to all clients. But what happens if you don't tolerate those supplements? Uh, that's where you know a qualified professional comes in to give you a substitute uh, for any products that you may have a sensitivity or a food sensitivity to or just don't tolerate for various reasons. And um, there's also another amazing supplement called Cytodetox. Really love that product uh, as well. Uh, you ha- I think you have to work with a health professional to get that. Only a licensed medical professional can uh, purchase Cytodetox and use it with their clients. That's another great supplement as well. Um, but it, it's very complex. I mean, there's dozens of toxic metals And you need to test for them and find out what you have because some metals only have a very specific supplement that will remove it. And so when clients do my program, Mineral Power, it's very, very customized to the individual. Are there things that are just general good practices to do on a daily basis, Um, assuming that we all do have heavy metals that just support the natural detox process? I'm assuming most people can't sauna on a daily basis, but since sauna increases sweat, does something like exercise on a daily basis, if it, if it increases your sweating, does that help detox or drinking enough water? Are there like things we should be doing anyway that can help our body process these? Absolutely. So dehydration, a big problem. So drinking adequate amounts of clean water. I really like spring water or, you know, properly filtered water um, is ideal. And so definitely, you know, I drink at least six glasses, but everyone's a little bit different based on body weight and, you know, their their weather, where they are, if it's dry or humid. So you want to make sure you keep on top ahead of when you feel thirsty. That helps to flush out toxins. I love coffee enemas. Everyone can do that. They're inexpensive to do. Not really popular. <laughs> Not everyone's like chomping at the bit to do a coffee enema. But I personally, I feel like a million bucks after I do a coffee enema. I have a lot of information on my site about how to do those and why you might want to do such a crazy thing on my website. And I have a podcast about everything you never wanted to know about coffee enemas, (laughs) about the benefits of them. But those are great. They're a great way to mechanically detox the liver. They're great if you have fatty liver and you really have compromised liver function as a result because they just kind of shock the liver. That caffeine in the coffee helps to shock the liver into dilating all of its blood vessels and then excreting all of its toxins into the intestines for elimination. So fantastic way to detox. 
And uh, the infrared saunas are great. Not everybody can do them. I also really love Ion Cleanse foot baths. I think those are fantastic for, like, say, if you don't tolerate an infrared sauna or you don't have room for one in your home or you have a child that has developmental issues or autism, um, an, an ionic foot cleanse is an amazing way to detox the body. And a lot of people mistakenly think that the toxins are coming out in the water. That's actually not what's happening. You increase urinary excretion of toxic metals with regular use of an ion cleanse foot bath. And uh, just the Ion Cleanse company, they're called a major difference. They have really interesting research, really profound research with uh, autism populations and dramatic improvement in their symptoms, sometimes even 50% improvement in their symptoms following regular use of an Ion Cleanse foot bath. That is fascinating. And I love that you said coffee enemas because that's one of those topics that I have even like not ever tackled in a blog post just because like yeah. you said, it's a controversial one <laughs> mm -hmm. and it attracts some interesting um, questions and comments for sure. But I'm guessing anybody listening may have some of those questions. So I'm going to ask if that's okay. Just a few. Um, one question I've gotten from people is if you do a coffee enema, are you getting the caffeine in the same way as if you ingest it? Because some people are sensitive to caffeine or don't like drinking coffee because it makes them jittery. Is that a concern with an enema? It depends. So when you drink a cup of coffee, it's a much different caffeine buzz than if you uh, do a coffee enema. When the coffee enema, it's much more muted. And coffee enemas are not for everyone. There are some people that are so sensitive to caffeine that enema is out of the coffee enema is out of the question. But if you are really, really sensitive to caffeine, you can still do a coffee enema by using a very, very small amount. I mean, even like a quarter teaspoon of coffee for a large, you know, bucket of coffee might be enough for you. You only have to use enough coffee to elicit a response by your body. And that's all you need. So for me, I use two big heaping tablespoons, but for another person, that would be way too stimulating for them. So you only need enough caffeine that's going to kind of shock your liver into dilating the blood vessels. And for that is varies very dramatically from one person to the next. There's also a lot of false information on the internet, big surprise, about coffee enemas that they cause death and, and whatnot. On Wikipedia has a grossly false uh, post about coffee enemas that they can cause death and this and that. I, I think it's ridiculous. I, I've recommended coffee enemas to thousands of clients. I've only had one person have a problem with like the thinning of their intestinal lining and it caused them some problems. But everyone is different. There's some people, they just are not going to tolerate them. And that's with any kind of protocol, any kind of detox protocol, any supplement there's not one thing that works for everyone. But I have found that coffee enemas work for a majority of the people and they work really, really well to facilitate detoxification. Our livers are so overloaded. They have to deal with so many toxins in our environment and break down all those chemicals. And they're, they're not doing very well as a result. Yeah, for sure. So like I said, I think there's a lot of curiosity about this topic. So in a perfect scenario, if someone was going to do a coffee enema, what, what um, proportion of coffee to water? And just basic questions. Can you go like walk us through the process? Like how long do you actually try to keep the enema in? Um, how often should you do it? I know people are curious. Yes. So for... Uh, what I like to do is I like to fill up a bucket of water. It's about two quarts of water, and I'll use two heaping tablespoons um, in, in that amount of water. And 
you can use a coffee enema bucket or a bag. The bag holds much less water and it's harder to clean. So I like using a coffee enema bucket. It's open. It's very easy to clean. And in that bucket, I'll add about the two heaping, table, the two heaping tablespoons. But another person, um, when you're first starting out especially, just use a half a teaspoon or even maybe a whole teaspoon just to see how you do. You can always add more the next coffee enema that you do. And I'll just boil that on the stove and then I'll, you know, you know, throw the water and the coffee and the grounds, the freshly ground coffee and I'm a coffee. I, I like the pure effects coffee and I'm a coffee, but you can just use an or, organic coffee. That's perfectly fine. And throw that all on the stove. Uh, let it cook for maybe five, 10 minutes and, and steep. And then I'll filter, um, you know, strain it to get out the green, the, the strains or the grounds rather, and put that in the coffee and a bucket. And you usually want to, you know, empty out your bowels with the first, um, you know, the first round of the coffee enema that you do empty out your bowels, then you can fill up again. And you try to hold that for as long as you can. When you first start, you're not going to be like a pro where you're going to be able to hold it for 15 minutes. You know, um, you hold it for as long as you can and then evacuate. And then if you have the you know, all the coffee um, in a coffee enema bucket, you've got plenty of, uh, you know, room to make mistakes, you know, and then if you uh, evacuate and then fill back up again, hold it for as long as you can, you know, don't torture yourself trying to, you know, hold it in uh, too long. Um, everyone's a little bit different. Some people can hold it for 30 minutes. Some people can only hold it for a couple minutes, but if you hold it for a couple minutes, five times in a row, um, with filling up and evacuating, filling up and evacuating, that's perfectly fine. Everyone's just a little bit different. You're still going to have just as good of a detox effect as someone that held it for 15 minutes total. But the, the general rule of thumb is you want to hold um, the coffee in your, um, you know, your colon for about 15 minutes total. Okay. And like you said, I know you have articles about these in podcasts. I'll make sure those are linked in the show notes as well. Um, but I also want to make sure we talk about, before we get close to the end, your Mineral Power Detox programs and also your upcoming book. Because any, anybody who has questions, those are both great resources for those. So can you share about those and also where people can find you online? Yeah. So if anyone wants to detox and work with a professional that's, you know, a specialist in detoxification, I have about seven mineral power practitioners and you just start out, just start with a hair mineral analysis and you get about an hour consult to go over your hair mineral analysis and get a customized supplement protocol designed for you and your metals. Uh, clients also get a one hour consult to also go over a bioenergetic scan. I'm really getting into bioenergetics and I'm actually starting a podcast only on bioenergetics because I've been personally blown away with my results with uh, a bioenergetic protocol that I do. It's called Ness Health, N-E-S Health, and that's included in someone's mineral power program. And we give a lot of support. You need support when you're doing a detox program. You know, things come up and people have questions and um, questions about diet or their supplements or detox reactions, what have you. So we give a lot of support, unlimited email support and we uh, monthly webinars and people get a 25 part video series, just a lot of education and support because I really believe that detox is more of a lifestyle. It's not a program you just do for a year or six months or 30 days. 
you really need to be thinking about detoxification as a lifestyle, adding it into your health regime long term. And that's what my aim is with Mineral Powers, teaching you all the tools and protocols and supplements that you need so that you know what to do on your own without being tethered to us or tethered to a practitioner. And um, like I said, I have the Live to 110 podcast. I have over 200 podcasts. I've been doing it for a while. And lots of free information, articles, and resources on my site, livetoone10.com. Awesome. And of course, all those links will be in the show notes. And a question, I feel like we've covered quite a few topics. So to end, I would love for you to give people a starting place. If someone thinks they maybe have um, some of these problems based on what we've talked about, where should they start? I I would recommend your book personally um, or your blog. You have a ton of amazing blog posts, but where would you send someone to start if they are worried they have one of these problems and are a little bit overwhelmed? Well, people can go to mineralpower.com and that will give people a, a lot of different information about our, our program. Um, but if you're looking for say you know you have a heavy metal toxicity, you can go on liveto110.com and search for that metal. We have articles about almost every single metal toxicity that you can have. And um, and and also going on the podcast, we have lots of podcasts about detoxification as well. Awesome, Wendy. Well, you are a wealth of knowledge and I'm excited to do this testing myself and I'm sure there will be questions. So maybe we can do a round two after I get my testing and um, and I can speak to my experience as well. Yeah, absolutely. I would love that. Awesome. Well, thanks so much for being here. This has been so much fun and I am going to go read a bunch of these posts. I was taking notes while you were talking, so I can't wait. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for having me on the show. I, I really admire your work and I was just really honored you wanted to have me on the show. Thank you so much for being here and thanks to all of you for listening. I'll see you next time on the Healthy Moms Podcast. If you're enjoying these interviews, would you please take two minutes to leave a rating or review on iTunes for me? Doing this helps more people to find the podcast, which means even more moms and families can benefit from the information. I really appreciate your time and thanks as always for listening.